Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. This is Dr. Charles Laux. I am here with our episode 65 and uh, the last of our couple series here for 2023. It's hard to believe it's over, but I have a wonderful guest here, Mr. Adrian Gordon joining us. He is a composer. He is an author uh, and uh, conductor and music educator. Adrian, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate your uh, taking the time to come out. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I'm super excited to uh, to chat with you about all the awesome things you're doing out there. Um, you got, uh, you're doing guest conducting kind of all over the country. And uh, mm-hmm. your book, I can see in your background there, Note to Self, we'll be talking about that. Um, that's a, and, and you had given me a copy last year at Midwest, and uh, it's been yeah. an awesome resource uh, as I'm pretty new to my school uh, and just gave me some things to like rethink about. So uh, thank yeah. you so much again cool. for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from and your background yeah. and your, your, like, I guess your career history. Yeah, well, um, I'm originally from Miami, Florida, and that was um, I was born and raised there, and I just left there last year. Um, that was I your first time out of Miami. First like, time out like of Miami, moving, like living. Okay, wow. Yeah, big I step. I've traveled a little bit, sure. but that was a big, big step outside <laughs> of my comfort zone. <clears throat> and um, my wife was happy to do it, but it was kind of nerve wracking for me. But we moved out here to Charlotte, North Carolina, and mm. um, I'm working at a private school teaching strings. It's called Providence Day. Okay. And uh, strings for grades 5 through 12, uh, which has been fantastic. Wow. It's been so great... it's all you. Oh, yeah. You I'm, are in I'm charge of your school. destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I can't mess up. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's been it's been a good transition. Um, the family's loving it. And, um yeah, once I got here, I was able to put out my book, and um, I've been conducting, and like you said, and it's, it's been a great move for me. That's really awesome. So um, how many years have you been at your school now, or in Charlotte? And this is um, my second year teaching here at Providence State School. Wow. And what did you do before then? Where were you? You were in Miami. What, what was your uh, yeah. your career? What did your career look like there? 
or is that yeah in miami i was doing i had several job positions but Mm -hmm. main was i was teaching strings i was at two schools down there Mm -hmm. uh, one for 13 years one for four years and i really loved my time down there and um that's where i really i don't know came of age and and thinking and understanding music education and um yeah it's stuck with me ever since that's awesome awesome so um you have some up. You have a whole bunch of engagements coming up. Where are you where are you conducting coming up in the next uh, few months? Or well, it, um, in a few weeks, I'll be in Tennessee. I'm doing the Mid State Honor Orchestra, uh, which I'm really excited about because I'm premiering a new piece. I'm premiering my brand new piece through Alpha Music. Um, what is it? Called? And that one's kind of special. It's called A Ray of Joy. Ray of Joy. So, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. So last year I moved, like I said, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and that was kind of nerve-wracking for me, like I said. And I had written a piece called A Tender Moment in Time. Mm-hmm. And that's also uh published through Alfred Music. Perfect. Um, and that was about the the feeling, the emotions that I was going through as I moved. Now, fast forward to where we are now. Um my parents, they ended up moving out to Charlotte, North Carolina with uh, my wife and I. Um, and I was very, very grateful. What a blessing to have them close yeah. by. Yeah, that um, makes a big yeah. difference when you have kids. Yes. And you need yeah. that help for, yeah. you know, or you need a date night or whatever. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Date nights, uh, sometimes babysitting, but just, you know, having them close by. They're, Absolutely. They're just great and I learned a lot from them. So I ended up writing a follow-up to that piece, A Tender Moment in Time, called Array of Joy. And... It, you know, subsequently, my, my parents' names are Ray and Joy. Oh, that's so, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a piece dedicated to them and, and all the, the uh, wonderful things they've done for me. Um, so we're premiering it in Tennessee. Ah. Weeks, so I'm really excited about that. and Very hoping cool. to get them there. Is that a middle school group or a high school group that you're working with? It's a, it's a middle school group. Uh-huh. Um, but from what I hear, they're fantastic. So I, I can't wait to work yeah. with them. Um, but it's going to be really cool to hear it live. I presented it to my mom for her birthday. Um, and, I, and I'm just so looking forward to hearing it live and seeing what that that nice, rich string sound is going to be like. That's going to so, be awesome. Really, That's going to be really yeah. awesome. Um, so and- we got that coming up and then uh, I'll be in, where else am I going to be? Oh, I'll be in Washington State. I'm speaking there. Oh, up there. there. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm speaking as the orchestra headliner for the Washington MEA conference Great. in February. And then I'll be in Georgia conducting, I think, in your county, right? Yes, uh, you're doing the middle school um, all county. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, my son will be in that group. <laughs> he's, yes, I know he's yes. going to be trying out. He, you met him at Midwest. Uh, he's yeah, a he's great a, viola a player. And I uh, know he's working. He's going to start. He's been working on it a little bit. And uh, we're going to be pumping it up some more here after a break's over here and get him get him awesome. going on that. But that would be really cool yeah. for him to play under you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I get to meet him. Really nice kid. And um, I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, I'll be in, I'll be conducting here in North Carolina as well for the uh, Western region honor orchestra great and you're it it sounds like your school is really flexible with you and letting you like go off and do these things uh that's pretty that's a pretty cool uh opportunity and um yeah maybe i guess maybe one advantage of a private school i don't know is that something that you would say 
that your school is maybe exceptional compared to what a public school might offer in, in terms of being able to go out and do some of these uh, extra things? You know, I think it depends on the administration mm -hmm. because my last school, even though it was a private school as well, they my uh, my direct boss was not so keen on me doing these kinds of sure. things. So mm -hmm. um, I guess it depends on who you're working with and the vision that they have and the support that they have yeah. for you as an educator and for the students, because me doing these things is also making me a better professional. That's right. To bring that knowledge back to my my students, you know, it, it's all intertwined. It's not separate. So, for sure. For sure. Yeah, they're, they're, I, yeah. They're very supportive. yeah. Every time I go off and do something else, I, I always bring back more for my students and, you know, yes. and, and, and I have a limited opportunities because I take, you know, um, I take uh, personal days on days when I go off and do things. And so you have a limited number of things you can say yes to and um, kind of have to pick and choose, but um, it definitely does uh, impact. And my, my administration is really supportive of it. And they know that, you know, it's, it's building up the school name and the district name. And, and um, they know that I'm bringing back some, you know, valuable, whether it's an insight or a repertoire or teaching strategies or experiences for my students. So that's awesome that you have that, that same opportunity yeah. to do that. Yeah. That's been one of the great parts about transitioning here to this new school, this, um, this new job that they've been so supportive of that. So I'm, I'm really appreciative. Yeah. And then uh, at your school, like uh, your five through 12, um, how often do you see your elementary kids, your middle school kids, your high school kids? Is it daily or tell us a little bit about your schedule? Because yeah. I know there are lots of teachers out there that are in charge of their own destiny and and uh, having to do the whole program. And, and maybe uh, they could learn a little bit about how, how it works for you. Yeah, for me, you know, if I'm being honest, it's it's super hard because we have it's called a, a, um, a tumbling block schedule. I think ah. that's what it's called. <laughs> A confusing block schedule, <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. So, and and honestly, I have to look at the schedule every single day. In the day before, okay, what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing the next day? Yeah. Um, and it, we have letter days A through F, so it's it's kind of hard to. Um, yeah. Just for me. a lot of people are like really quick at it. My wife, she also works at the same school. She could tell oh, me. Oh, nice. Or, you know, we have this day and, you know, March 31st, that day, it'll be this letter day. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, what? Yeah. I'm just not one of those people. Yeah. It's, so um, I see them probably two or three times a week, depending on the week, it, it flip flops. Okay. Um, but I make the most of that time. We, we make sure we get a lot done because uh, time is limited and I want to make sure that I'm bringing my A game, bringing my best to them. Mm -hmm. Uh and in return, you know, I want them to feel like they're walking out getting the most from that class time and, and feeling like, hey, you know what? Maybe I didn't like Mr. Gordon's jokes because I tell a lot of jokes in class. For sure. But I, 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 did, I did improve. I did uh, learn some new rep and, and I feel more accomplished as a musician. That's awesome. That's my. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the things you look at when you're selecting materials or repertoire for your students? What are some of the things that you uh, what are some of your philosophical um you know, yeah. Um, I guess being a, a composer that kind of adds a little extra layer to it for me, because when I'm writing, I'm also thinking about the entire ensemble. I don't, you know, if I'm, and, and I'm not trying to pick on violas, but if I'm a viola, I don't want to sit there and, and not um, have any interesting parts or anything that moves yeah. or, 
you know, I want to, I want to be a part of the team. I want to make sure that I'm contributing and having something fun. And um, so when I write, I, I make sure that I try and write something interesting for all parties mm -hmm. and, and something that would be interesting for conductors to conduct, which I, I, I think is important too. Yeah. Um, and then I think about uh, melody. I, a big part of figuring out whether or not my students are going to enjoy a piece is when they leave, are they humming that tune? When it's time to pack up, what are they humming? Yeah. And a lot of times they'll say, I hate this piece, but they're humming it on the way out. And then, you know, begrudgingly, you oh, know. yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, I do like it after a while. So I refer to that as the grow on piece. Like, okay, you may not like this the first time, you know, we sight read it or whatever. Uh, and I yeah. always tell my students, you know, don't base your opinion of this piece on your inability to sight read it the first time. Uh, right. Because <laughs> they do that a lot. But it's like the more you play this piece, I almost guarantee it's going to grow on you and you're going to learn to appreciate it. Um, yeah. Whether you won't realize it until we get into a little bit. And I, I, I love those pieces because it's always that surprise then. And they're all kind of like, you were right. It's like, I, I love this piece now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I think about that as an educator. I think about that as a conductor and I think about that as a composer, making sure that it's interesting for all parties. Um, otherwise, you know, what's the point? Yeah. So you're, um, you're composing, uh, you have like those couple, couple pieces recently with Alfred, um, how long have you been composing? What kind of what inspires you? And tell us a little bit more about your creative process. Yeah, I started composing probably back in 2007. Okay. Actually, earlier than that. I started composing seriously back in 2007. But my first one, my first compositions actually was um, in college. I had a, a really great violin teacher, but I was so frustrated because I wasn't able to explore the violin and, and do alternative styles and things like that. So I ended up writing a piece called Farewell to the Violin, and it was for my jury. <laughs> <laughs> so I played you, it for my you jury. Smash it at, do you smash it at the end? No, okay. yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah. Um, but I played that for my jury, and I ended oh. up quitting violin for, I think, two or three years. Um, and then once I graduated, I came, I switched over to classical guitar. Oh, wow. Okay. I had no idea yeah. you play guitar. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's videos up on me, of me playing guitar, I think on YouTube. Nice. Um, from there, I, I came back to the violin after I graduated, um, college. And, um, then I started composing cause I was in front of orchestras and I started putting my music in front of students kind of blind they didn't know it was my music i didn't put my name on it or anything like that mm -hmm. and they were enjoying it and then i was sending it out to publishing houses and all of them were saying no <laughs> so Aww. i was like what what yeah. gives you know the kids are liking this but the the publishing houses they're saying no who is the target audience do, it's the students. yeah do they do they uh when they say no i haven't put any pieces in the publish uh which i probably should but um when they if when they say no, do they come back with reasons? Do they say it's too long, it's too short, it's too hard, too easy, or there just doesn't Very fit us at rare. this time? Rare, you know. If you know somebody who's in um, mm -hmm. in one of the publishing houses, then you might have them say, "Hey, well, if you can fix this, this, and this, or 
I'll review it with you, which, you know, I've had that. Yeah. But for the most part, you're, you're just going to get a big fat no. And they'll say it doesn't quite fit into our catalog at this time. Or we have too many pieces like this. Okay. Or we don't have enough of this grade level. Yeah. You don't know what it is about your piece. Uh, and then on top of that, sometimes you got to wait a couple months um, in order to put it in and get get feedback. And you're like, I'm burning time. You yeah. Know, sitting up pieces. So for me at that point, I was like, you know what? I I believe in what I'm doing and not in a conceited way. I think my music is special like the leap year. And I said, you know what? I'm going to develop my own publishing company called Leap Year Music. And uh, I, I always say from that point on, my mantra became permission granted. And whatever I want to do, whatever I see in my own life that I need to do creatively, Leap Year was going to be the avenue to do it. Nice. And, it's been like that for me for the past what 14 years and so you so. have you have uh several how many pieces do you have published in leap year right now um probably 20 okay or and is that uh what is the website so we can tell our audience what your website is yeah so the website is leapyearmusic.com or cool. leapyearmusiconline.com either one okay um, uh, linked to the same page but mm -hmm. there's a lot of my stuff there or you know my website adrian gordon and, uh, okay, and we can link to it from it'll be linked to it from your uh, adriangordon.com. Yeah, it's all there, everything's kind of uh, mixed and linked together. So, nice. So, yeah, so I started doing that. And, you know, being in front of students was helpful because I had my own lab and I was mm. able to put out um, age appropriate pieces and think pedagogically, okay, this is not going to work and, and kind of learn from some of those um, mistakes and figure out what what conductors need. Because when you're a conductor up there, you don't have time to teach above level. You need to teach at level um, mm -hmm. for the most part and make incremental um, additions to their bag of tricks. Right. Well, if you want to make music, right? Otherwise, you're just like reaching for notes and rests and rhythms. And yeah. That's not fun. It's not fun. So that was kind of hard to uh, pick up at first. But after a while, you know, being in front of the students and realizing what they're capable of at each given level, mm -hmm. especially now that, you know, I'm teaching five through 12, I see the full spectrum. Yeah. So, <clears throat> that's been really helpful uh, as a composer as well. That's awesome. And then uh, tell us about your book. Uh, your book is called Note to Self. And tell yeah. us what it's about. And uh, I guess what inspired you to write that? Obviously, we, I kind of know, but uh, maybe your yeah. audience, audience doesn't know. Um, yeah, well, I, I had, like I said, in Miami, I'd been in several different positions. I was a, a general music teacher for grades K through four. I did that for seven years. Okay. And then I was an assistant orchestra director. Then I was an assistant band director. Then I was an orchestra director. Then okay. I was a choir so you're director. like, wow. So I kept having to um, be in all these different situations, which was really good. It was positive um, to, to pick up a lot of the, um, the pedagogy in, in those areas. Um, but I, I noticed a common thread that all of those areas need to be connected no matter where you're going. The students are the same, but you got to figure out a way to interact with them, um, still deal with parents, still deal, deal with uh, administration, um, faculty. And these are all the things that I didn't learn in school, in yeah. college. You know, and in school, you learn about playing in tune. Yeah. <laughs> you, you learn about repertoire. Um, you learn about conducting, but there's those hard to navigate areas of how do I interact with parents? How do I build trust with the students? How do I project my vision? Mm -hmm. 
um, all those things that are really important to building a program. And I had, see, I had seen nothing like it. Um, so I, and, and through conversations with my, my best friend and, and journaling, uh, I guess when, once we got into the pandemic, I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to waste his time. Let's just go through, let's go for it. And I ended up every day just writing, um, basically through my experiences, everything that I've learned, all the journaling conversations that I've had. Yeah. And this resource I thought, you know, was, could be helpful to pre-service teachers also to people who are experienced in the field, but are just moving for the first time yeah, or moving for the second time and just need a refresher. Like, like you said, you know, yeah. you know, stuff, but just to be refreshed on it. Well, yeah. And I've, I've been at uh, quite a few schools and university and, and um, elementary, middle school, high school, you know, rich schools, poor schools, that kind of everything in between. And uh, every school, every situation has different challenges and right. a different set of um, things that are going to be easy, things are going to be difficult, you know, whether you're taking over for the beloved, you know, teacher exactly. God or yeah. uh, someone who, the, you know, the students maybe didn't like as much. There, there's always going to be um, those situations with students, parent, admin, expectations, mm -hmm. you know, um, you go into schools with really high expectations or you go into schools like there's no expectation here at all. Anything I do is, is gold, you know, and, and so you'll have lots of, lots of those. And, and I think your book is very comprehensive because it does, it does discuss the parent front, the, mm -hmm. the rapport with students and there's relationships and then materials and uh, facility, like facilities. It does, it talks about everything. So I think uh, yeah. everybody should definitely check that out, especially if you're considering transitioning to a new uh, school or new opportunity or um, whether you've done it before, but maybe just need that, that reminder. Yeah, and one of the things that I, I really enjoyed putting in the book was the end of the chapter reflection. There's some spaces there to think through, kind of flesh out your own ideas about your transition. Um, and then you're, you're writing it down, and the idea is eventually you kind of pay that forward. You pass that book along to somebody who's coming up in the field, and, and maybe that, that'll help them. Mm -hmm. And also the idea that each chapter is named after a song title. You know, so you've got these really cool song titles, which I think are pretty cool. And <laughs> you have a playlist out there at the end of your your read, um, and that playlist will kind of musically help you stay on track. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I know for me, music heals so much. And uh, like you have these things that are just always relating to a life event or an experience or a person or whatever it might be. That's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. And then, um, so what do you see as some of the big challenges in music education or in string ed? Um, uh, do you, or do you see any, uh, challenges or, uh, anything like that coming up? Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, the pandemic hurt and helped. I think it, it propelled the use of digital mm -hmm. and all online and help people become fully aware of what they're capable of doing with online resources which is great yeah but i also think it desensitized us to how important it was to connect physically with something a discipline and not have that instant gratification mm -hmm. um, so trying to tell a student right now that hey i want you to take up this craft you're, it's not going to be pretty at first. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be really difficult. Mm -hmm. You can't just swipe. 
and it's going to take you years to master it, but it's going to be one of the most rewarding things in your life. And it's going to be a gift that you can always hold on to when you can't play sports. You know, when you're down, mm-hmm. you always have this gift uh, to, to kind of help you. Yeah. You tell a kid that, you know, it's hard to, it's a hard sell. Yeah. Because, you know, they can just pick up their device and just, you know, swipe. And um, so that instant gratification, I think, has become a problem uh, for us as professionals and yeah. trying to convince students that this is a worthwhile, really, really beneficial um, discipline for you. I think that's going to be really hard. They, to... have, they have a hard time seeing the, the big picture right. and what perseverance and grit and hard work hard work pays off like well i could just look it up no it's like this this is something that it's going to take you some time but and i keep telling my students i said like when you're an adult your adult friend and you play an instrument and they don't your adult friends will be envious of you because you're doing yes, something they, they can't do and they may have tried before they may have done you know a little bit of that before but you can still do it and uh that's they don't understand that it's hard for them to vis- visualize that's me being hard. old <laughs> me being old you know <laughs> the funny thing is being at a private school we always have parent um admissions uh tours coming through our school yeah. and you know and a lot of times i'll stop and, and talk to parents and one of the most common things i hear from the parents who stop me they say you know i wish i would have continued i played and i quit and i wish i would have continued not to become a professional musician but just the gratification that i can play yeah. you know, i see this in your in your studio there just to play and have fun yeah uh, my, my brother my brother's uh, uh he's a doctor but he's an, an, a phenomenal jazz musician so when, oh, wow. whenever he's home you know we sit and we'll jam for for hours and we'll just play and, and we love we love doing that. That's something special that we can always come back to. You'll always have that. That's right. We'll always have that. And that's what I tell my students too, is like, you'll always be able to do this when you're 82. You'll be able to do this. Uh, You know, I know you love soccer, but that's going to last you till a certain amount. And then your soccer days will be over, you know, (laughs) it starts happening. Yeah. 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 The same way you used to. So, yeah, I'm hoping that um, you know we can we can explain that to the young generation that this is a worthwhile uh, discipline that's really going to help them and, and all the science po- points to it, um, but just making that case mm-hmm. um, it's a really hard sell right now. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but hopefully, uh, as we continue to evolve past all this. Uh, we'll start getting those students to understand like the value again. And, and yeah. uh, I know I'm seeing uh, a lot of energy in my freshmen and sophomores that maybe I'm not seeing as much as uh, within my juniors and seniors and the juniors mm-hmm. and seniors, you know, had a, a COVID impacted them really greatly during the time that right. they were starting to play their instruments. Uh, whereas my junior, my freshmen and sophomores, they're, they're a little bit past that now. So they've had, more years of normal experiences, I guess. And so, and it's also reflected, I think, in my numbers uh, a little bit with my seniors class being the smallest and then juniors only a few larger. And then I have really big freshman, sophomore classes at my school. So I'm hoping that that will continue. um, The growth will continue because of, you know, just that that factor of uh, COVID dropout and lack of motivation. 
<laughs> yeah, there, <laughs> something I'm experimenting with right now, and I, I've done this for years. I did it years ago, and once I moved, uh, you talked about expectations. The school that I was previously at, they did not like high expectations whatsoever. But the school I was at before that, they loved that. And one of the things I used to do that really motivated kids, and I'm kind of coming back to that, um, was instrument trading, you know, trading places. Yeah. So <clears throat> I used to um, have my students who are really phenomenal players in their own right on their principal instrument, teach each other how to play on their secondaries. I used to, <laughs> I used to make them go to solo ensemble and do a solo um on their secondary on secondary wow <laughs> <laughs> yes on their secondary instrument and then it would be a surprise for the parents at the spring concert we would put on you know i'd, I'd stand up there and i'd say you know go ahead and swap and they'd swap instruments and they'd play a piece on on stage at that concert um and the kids would go nuts the energy was so amazing and I'm, I'm trying to get back to that now. And um, from what I've seen, the kids are nuts. They're coming in all hours of the day. And I'm like, please don't skip class. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to play. They just want to, you know, experiment on the other instruments. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm trying to positively direct that energy. Yeah. And it's, it seems to be working right now. That's so great. Kind of ride that wave. You know, I'm all for it. So. We'll see about putting something together for our spring concert. That'd be that amazing. Their, their there are, there are a lot of kids who show up for school because of orchestra or because yes. of a certain class or an uh, or a, or an athletic you know activity or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. And so it's it's we forget sometimes how important um, what we do is, and, and especially with a certain group of our kids who otherwise wouldn't have very much motivation to come to school. Yeah. You know, and, and I tell the students, that's part of my spiel at the beginning of the school year, that this is supposed to be your fortress of solitude. No matter what's going on on campus, you can come here to the orchestra room. You can just kind of yep. take a load off. You can relax. You can play. You can talk. This is your, your, your fortress of solitude. And um, just as long as we respect the, the, the right. room, I'm not going to trash it, but this is your spot. That's right. I'll, so I do have a lot of students who will come and they'll just hang out after school or during break or whatever. They'll just be there. And it's cool to see that this is what they are gravitating to. Yeah. And to see those friend groups, I walk around campus and I see the friend groups still happening because of that connection from orchestra. I see those yeah. hanging out, <clears throat> you know, that's really special to me. Yeah. As, as, as I recruit or, you know, talk about recruiting and just, and do all that. We the number one thing that I instill is that we are a family. We have a yes. great community, and um, we try to build that community through, um, you know, through food. Like whether we have yeah. Chick Fil A breakfast or um, yeah. ice cream social, or we did a holiday gift exchange, which was really successful. And you know, the kids build those relationships that way. And and um, for me, that that's that's really important. Besides what we do with the music, obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's an important part of the, the program. Yeah, we do uh, pizza face-offs, which is a lot of fun. We get pizzas from all different chains. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, we we uh, we argue about <laughs> which which one is the best, and um, we take tallies up on the board. And we also we can also do. Um, I used to do the soda one, so like Sprite uh, versus Seven Up, Coke versus Pepsi. Yeah, 
Mr. Pib Extra versus Dr. Pepper. Doctor. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Those are some so fun things. And then we'll, you know, they'll they'll come in their pajamas and we'll watch a movie as we do all this. So it's a lot of fun for the kids. And it helps build that uh, camaraderie and that, like you said, that family-like atmosphere. Yeah. What are some of the things you uh, do for recruiting? Well, that's a, a huge recruiting tool uh, in and of itself. My movie nights. And, and movie okay. Nights. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I kind of strategically schedule that before uh, sign up for. <laughs> and then you do, uh, you start fifth grade, you said, at your at your school. I start in fifth grade. So I will do a promotional video okay. that will feature some of the older students to talk about their experience. And I'll, I'll play that. Um, and then... Um, I, I try and play some really cool tunes on on the instruments so that they see that these are not just boring uh, right. archaic, archaic instruments. They are really, really fun and really relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what else do we do? Oh, the, for our concerts, that's a big part of it. I try my best to have the concerts online so that the students see the progression. You know, so my I invite the elementary to the middle school. Um, they're not in the they're technically not on the same day but i still invite okay. them mm-hmm. but for my middle and my high those are three different ensembles i make sure to schedule them on the same day same time so that them and the parents are seeing the trajectory of the program right and they can see exactly um, what they're in for for the next couple of years and be inspired um, and develop those relationships with those uh, the older students um, that's been really helpful to for the students to see that. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else uh, that you that you want to talk about or promote? I mean, I know we have your pieces, and and um, I can definitely uh, put your. I'll be definitely put your links into the uh, description of the video here and um, the audio podcast that'll go on Spotify and Apple and all that. Um, anything else you want to to chat about? Um, this has been so great just to, to get to know you. And, and like I said, I think we just met last year at Midwest. Really, yeah. It was really quick. And then I got to see you just a little bit again this year at Midwest. But that's when we yeah. run into each other. <laughs> well, I'll just say, you know, in, in closing that I, I love these professional development conferences. They yeah. are awesome. I was fortunate enough to present um, Middle School Orchestra Rehearsal Lab. Oh, Yeah. I got to present that it was on the last day, which was kind of unfortunate because, you know, a lot of the, the energy is, is taking yeah. place at the uh, beginning of the conference. But I got to work with uh, Mr. Sean Patrick and Goshen Junior High, and that was fantastic. Um, got to work with them, just kind of give them some ideas. They were uh, very, very kind and programmed two of my pieces. So, oh, very nice. Um, it was really cool to interact with them and give yeah. them feedback directly from the composer. Uh, but I, I just love these conferences where I get to meet people like you and other professionals yeah. and just uh, exchange ideas and, and have that good energy. And, you know, it's it's really an honor to be at these things. So, it, it, you know, it, it, it can be challenging to like take off school because, you know, taking off school requires way more work than actually just being there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the, and the financial part of you know saving money to get the flight and pay for registration and do all that. But um, when it comes down to it, uh, the PD that uh, and the experiences and the networking and the and just the camaraderie and that sense of you know uh, feeling like you're not all by yourself uh, in in what we do because most of us are the lone string teacher at our school. Right. 
right? So um, having these opportunities to do the PD, whether it's Midwest after your state conference or another type of workshop, really, really helpful. So I can't, I can't recommend it enough. And those um, maybe that uh, are maybe apprehensive about attending um, it's, it's, we have to try to convince them that it's, it's the thing to do because it really does make a difference. Yeah. There's strength in numbers and um, you, you just learn a lot. There's just a lot to learn, a lot to witness, even if you're not actively participating, just witnessing and seeing what other professionals are doing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just you know, off the top of my mind. I'm thinking about ASTA and, and, you know, they always have these jam sessions, which are so great to yeah. just kind of tinker with improvisation and, and kind of bring those ideas back to the classroom. Uh, there's just so many valuable things. Um, listening to the the ensembles perform, the new rep that's uh, in the reading sessions. There's just so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do encourage everybody to do that because there's a lot to gain from it, and there's that strength in numbers, that camaraderie that yeah. happens, and I think the profession becomes a lot smaller. And that's what I've learned over the past several years going to these things. You think your district is huge, but it starts to kind of gain perspective when you're yeah. at these things. Well, I just learned, I mean, every time I go somewhere, regardless if I'm presenting or not, uh, I just learn things and I get inspired. And, you know, I, I see people that I want to be when I grow up, like, you know, I went to uh, several sessions uh, at Midwest. Jim Palmer's was one, just as an example. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I want to be, I want to be Jim when I grow up. And, and I tell yes. that, I thought, I'll tell that to his face, but uh, he's <laughs> I a good friend. I, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's such a treasure trove of information and, and the way that he interacts with his students and his parents and just his attitude right. all the time is so positive. Like that's, that's inspiring for me. So. Yeah. He's one of the nicest guys and really talented. And yeah. I, maybe a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people know that, but he's just, he's yeah. a really good guy. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah, good guy. absolutely. And, and I got a, a, an open invitation for him to be on here too. Um, He's just very busy and, you know, he's got a lot going on. So hopefully uh, one day we'll get him on the podcast here too. Um, or maybe even, that. maybe here in my studio, cause he doesn't live too far from me, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So I, I, we got a, we got a great bunch of people down here in Georgia. I got him and David Eccles. David Eccles is like three miles from me. So yeah, a whole bunch of great, great folks. So David Eccles at Midwest. Yes. And I got here one of the groups North, was it North Gwinnett? Um, oh, North Gwinnett Middle. That's uh, David Metro. One of my former students from the university. Uh, yes. And also a good friend, but uh, that group just like oh, they killed, rock, killed, killed it. That, uh, Absolutely, yeah. So proud of them. Outstanding work that they're doing. And it's there. funny because uh, it was 2019, and David and I were on the same flight. David Metrio and I were on the same flight, and so I'm like, hey, when we get to Chicago, we were there early. It's like let's do a podcast. And I had him on the podcast in 2019, and right. you know, and then fast forward, you know, four years later, and his group's playing. So. Yeah, at a new school and and uh, just absolutely killed it. So I, I was super proud to yeah to see uh, him do that. And, yeah. uh, the rep that they picked was awesome. And, yeah, and all the conductors just were doing outstanding work. Yeah, so. yeah. So it was a very inspiring conference. Um, definitely uh, something that I'll take with me as we moved into 2024 here and starting yes. another semester. And yeah, it's an exciting time. So yeah, and and I, and I feel rested now too. So. I feel I'm feeling rested. I got a lot to do, but I, I yeah. feel a little better. You know, the holidays, um, they're great, but they kind of wear you down. You they do. Need- uh, you know, you like I, I went off my exercise regimen a little bit and, you know, my <laughs> wife makes these desserts and I'm eating this chocolate and it's like, oh, gosh, 
yeah. So got to get, get back on track here uh, when we get go back to school. So, but so much to look forward to. But Adrian, hey, thank you so much for uh, yeah, being on the podcast. It's been you know my pleasure of of just uh, having you here, and we finally made it work. And yeah, um, I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, I, I definitely am honored to be on and it's always great to see you and talk to you and um, yeah, hope everyone enjoys it and goes and gets the book note to self note to self uh, adriangordon.com and uh, we'll get us checked out of here. Uh, but again, thank you so much for uh, being here on the work teacher podcast broadcasting live on YouTube. Adrian, you've been a fantastic guest and we will see you all next time. Thank you for tuning in. For resources and more information, visit orchestrateacher.net.